What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett and David Johnson. Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit, been on Twitter. He's David Johnson, hanging out on the porch with the birds, just chirping this morning. Another Talk of Champions daily. They are. Yep. Yeah. At Rebels247 on Twitter. Today's guest is David Brandt of the Associated Press. Going to talk a little Ole Miss Rebels in the NFL because he covers a lot of NFL now because he's a national reporter for the Associated Press out in Phoenix. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And David and I both write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OleMissSpirit.com, the field of 247 Sports. Hey, buddy. Well, we are in the thick of it. Um, you know, it seems like only yesterday fall camp was opening up and uh, – we were excited about the ramp up to the season. Now we here, here we are. I mean, we're in the meat of this thing. And the next four weekends are really going to determine, I think, uh, you know, how we feel about this season at the end. I mean, you've got Arkansas, you've got Tennessee, you've got Auburn, you've got LSU. That's a tough schedule, man. Look, I know that um, LSU is struggling. Tennessee is a fledgling program. Arkansas and Auburn, both top 25 challenges for you. It's not going to be easy, Ben. I mean, now, on one side of the uh, the table, I can see this Ole Miss team rolling through the rest of October and, and winning these next four games. On the other side of the table, you know, you got to be honest. They could, they could lose every one of these games and not be – considered a major upset. Um, you know, if you play the odds, more than likely, you know, two and two over the next four games. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I know a lot of people out there like, hey, Ricky Bobby, don't put that 
voodoo on me. I'm just trying to be real here. These are going to be four interesting football games. Now, the reason I bring that up is this Saturday in Arkansas, because you've got to re-harness that momentum you had the first three games of the year. And the only way of doing that is by beating Arkansas on Saturday. You do not want to go to Knoxville three and two. That is just unacceptable. You can't do that because whether they're good or not up there on Rocky Top this year, they definitely have some momentum. And you go into that stadium up there, and it's packed, and they're juiced. It just makes it that much more difficult. You know, we we, we saw some of that Saturday at Alabama. You know, when the offensive line is talking about they had communication issues, don't think for a second the environment didn't have anything to do with it. So you got a road trip up there. Then you got to go to Auburn where, where, look, let's be honest, Ole Miss never hardly ever plays well. They hardly ever get a win at Auburn. So that's Donnie and LSU, who knows from week to week. They have talent. We all know that. Uh, we also all know Ed Orgeron is on his way out. Um, barring some kind of miraculous run. So you don't know what you're going to get with LSU. Uh, it will be in Oxford. That's certainly hopefully an advantage. But Ben, I think it all starts Saturday. I mean, have they truly flushed this Alabama game like they should? Because it's Alabama. Look, everybody in the country not named Georgia is probably going to lose to Alabama this year. So, So don't worry about that one. Uh, you know, I saw some some posts on the message board after the game. Can't let Alabama beat you twice. You're exactly right. That is exactly right. And you wash everything out with victory over Arkansas on Saturday, which I have a feeling we're going to talk a lot about this morning. But that's why I bring up this stretch, not looking ahead, just going, hey, this is the launching point. If you're going to navigate October, you got to navigate this Saturday against the Hawks. Man, David and the birds coming out flying on this Wednesday morning. I like that. I like that. That sounds like a high school reunion band or something. David and the birds. Yeah, David and the birds. You actually read my mind, though, because one of the things I wanted to talk about outside of Snoop Connor's usage this morning was this stretch in October. If it was the season-defining stretch for Ole Miss, starting with Arkansas, then you travel to Tennessee, then it's LSU, then it's traveling to Auburn. Because if you look down the schedule, Ole Miss is going to beat Liberty. It's going to be an insufferable week because you're going to have to listen to all the Hugh Freeze stuff and he's going to be a horrible media and um, appear wherever anybody wants to hear from him. I'm going to try to avoid the temptation to get him but in the pod. I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop your train of thought there. But okay. you, you, you brought up insufferable week. Uh, that's coming when Ole Miss goes to Tennessee as well. Yeah. All the Lane Kiffin Tennessee stories that are, have no relevancy at all with that game. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to interject there. That's no, it's true. It's true. And then um, after Liberty comes Texas A&M, then Vanderbilt, who you're going to beat in, at Mississippi State. in the Egg Bowl, I don't care. It's always a toss-up. doesn't matter what the records are. And Mississippi State just came off of a good win over Texas A&M after losing to Memphis and 
I don't know. I don't know if that was a good win, Ben. I don't either. I, I don't know anything about I Texas really A&M. I just know that they're good defensively, but offensively they're a mess. We don't know what Texas A&M is supposed to be. And that, again, for those of us who cover just one specific team, and, yes, we watch all the other teams in the SEC and we follow them, and we, we have to. It's part of the job. But we get swayed by – preseason rankings that's why they're flawed also that's why you shouldn't be ranking teams in the preseason so you see texas a&m ranked in the top five top eight whatever it was and then they disappoint well now we really don't know what to make of them we thought they were supposed to be good only because that's what people were telling us that they were supposed to be good and yet you watch them and they don't pass any kind of eye test defensively yes they are good but offensively they're garbage so is it really an upset or is texas a&m just not any good but they got ranked in the preseason, and everyone kind of just built this narrative around it. I, I don't know. Point being is that October, if you look at this stretch of four games, seems like the season-defining stretch of the year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, it is what it is, and it's it's going to be a booger. I mean, a booger. You know, I, I I I a booger. I'm guilty of counting the trip to Knoxville as a victory in the preseason. I was like. Well, that's going to be that's going to be an easy W. You know, I, I watched Tennessee Saturday. They can score. They can score a lot of points, as they proved against Missouri. Uh, they're not a bad football team. They're not world beaters by any stretch. But again, there are going to be some people up there, not on the football team, but there are going to be some fans with some blood in their eyes regarding Lane. There's going to be a lot of pregame media about that um you know and, and again you're going to be in a hostile environment because um Heupel has the folks up there believing they're on the verge of turning everything around that would be a huge victory for that program so you know that, that's that's going to be an interesting trip uh i to me that's the most interesting game for Ole Miss in the month of october um i just think that's that's going to be uh be, be a battle up there but it's Arkansas first, Ben. And, uh, um, you know, I've been talking to some people over in the state of Arkansas to cover the Hogs this week. And I got to tell you, you know, I, I think they're coming in not confident, but believing in themselves. And that well, may be two different are. things. Because, of course they are. You know, they're not cocky at all, but but they think they, they've got the formula to beat Mac around this offense. They certainly did last year. Um, you know, Sam Pittman has said, yeah, we know what we did last year, but you know we're also not stupid. We're going to tweak some things. I mean, we didn't give them the blueprint to prepare for us off last year's game. So what I think that's going to be is more pressure. I think they're going to, and they've got they've got the personnel to execute that. Ben, I mean that Williams guy that plays defensive end, he's as good as anybody in the SEC. And he's going to be coming. He's going to be coming all day. Last year, if you remember, they kind of just sat back. They they, they introduced that drop eight mm-hmm. coverage against Matt Corral. He was very unsuccessful. I mean, I don't think they're going to get away from that totally. But I think the spice, the added stuff they're going to throw at Ole Miss on Saturday is is all going to be in the pressure department. You're saucy they're, they're coming this morning. After Matt. You're saucy this morning. Well, thank you. Man. Thank you. And you know the reason why. We're not going to talk about yeah, that. Can't talk but, about uh, that. And it's anyway, nothing about Ole Miss, um, just for anybody thinking that, you know, like Jenny no, Moyer, loyal listener, she complains about nothing. the stories that we don't get to tell on the podcast. It has nothing to do with Ole Miss. So let's just leave it at that. 
Look, look, Jenny, Jenny has gotten shout outs on the talk of champions two days in a row. Jenny's awesome, man. That's awesome. She's awesome. She's yeah, always encouraging and everything. Sure. I appreciate her, man. She's awesome. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to being saucy. Good. So, so, so anyway, and by the way, I got three calls yesterday wanting me to complete the Peyton Manning story that I was telling two days ago that I couldn't tell the end of. So, uh, so thank you for listening, everyone. Are you not going to tell the story? Uh, You're just going to yeah, leave them I mean, hanging? I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't tell oh. it on the air. Oh. I just cannot. All right. Um, but it is, it's, 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 it's a hilarious story. But anyway, they're coming. And they're coming up against a, an Ole Miss offensive line that's that's under fire this week for their performance against Alabama. So, you know, it's a big game for them. Can they turn it around up front? And Nick Broker yesterday, you know, he Nick just Nick's an honest guy. He said, "Look, we're having communication issues out there on the field." Where does and, that start? Um, I mean, that's got to be Orlando Umana and settling in the Utah transfer. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it starts with the center. There's no doubt. About I'm not putting it, it all I mean, on him, but that's just you know, where center, it starts. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's where it starts. And center is a cerebral position as much as it is a physical position. Um, you know, and, and in the sub tempo offense, man, you got about a second to identify the defense to front, uh, make the line calls, and snap the football. I mean, we all see how fast the rebels move. Not a lot of time to calculate things up there, and it's easy. To, to some to sometimes miscalculate things, particularly when a defense is hiding stuff pre-snap. So, you know, you're going to get that Saturday. And, I mean, I think the, uh, the you know, the credibility of the Ole Miss offensive line, and, yeah, we've talked good about them because I'm going to tell you, there are four future pros on that offensive line, hands down. I mean, you go back a couple of weeks ago, Jeremy James was SEC offensive lineman of the week. So, you know, yeah, we, we've talked very good about the offensive line and what their potential is to be. They did not reach that potential on Saturday. And everybody, everybody's going to be seeing how they perform this week because it will likely tell the tale of how this game plays out. We'll get right back to David Johnson with David Brandt of the Associated Press coming up on the Modern Moment phone line after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that, I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back and you're gonna be there. Well, when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends.
I'm a big Orlando Umana fan. I kind of sympathize with them trying to settle in. It's a step up and level, but also you're now making the calls for an offensive line that's been together for a long time and trying to you know get up to speed and catch up. It's a hard thing to do. So I sympathize with him in his plight, but it has started there. Yeah, 100%. It has started there, and he's been banged up. So how long that takes to kind of find that cohesion I think is an important storyline moving forward. But Arkansas, I have a lot of respect for Sam Pittman. I think Arkansas defensively is probably the second-best defense they face so far. I think that's pretty obvious. And when you look at this stretch – there's a lot of confidence amongst Ole Miss fans, and understandably so, because Lane Kiffin, he's great. I love Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin is the best thing to happen to Ole Miss football in decades um, for what he means just nationally and and kind of the perception of Ole Miss and the intention he brings and Im- immediate and instant credibility, all those things. But he's still 8-6 and six as Ole Miss head coach. And I'm not knocking him, but the signature wins are what? Kentucky, Indiana without a starting quarterback – they were then ranked number 11 in the Outback Bowl, Louisville. This stretch will tell you whether Ole Miss is really moving forward as far as taking a step up as a program. Because Lane Kiffin has done God's yeah. work, God's work in flipping this thing around from where it was in two years' time. But now it's about can you take that step to being the team we thought they were going to be? And yes, the Alabama game has really skewed, I think, a lot of perception of what Ole Miss is because it was so lopsided. And now mm-hmm. games that we otherwise thought, oh, yeah, Ole Miss is going to walk through that. Well, that's because we thought Ole Miss had taken the step already. Well, they haven't taken the step already, at least in terms of results. Now, individually, that game in a vacuum, I've said it countless times. I, this is the last time I can say it. But for me, I didn't leave that game thinking Ole Miss is 21 points worse or 30 points worse than Alabama. It was a game script gone wrong, and then it just avalanche. That happens. It snowballed. I think Ole Miss just had its worst well, game you know, at the worst we referenced, time. We referenced all week that this was going to be a chess match, you know. And, uh, you know, I told someone, I don't know if I said this on the, on the podcast, but after listening to Lane, you know, pretty much Ole Miss went in playing blackjack and Nick Saban was playing chess. And, um, you know, chess won. I don't think there's any doubt about it. You make it, you've made an excellent point. It was a game script gone bad. And then it just avalanche. Just avalanche. That's yeah. what we saw last week. And I agree with everything you just said about Lane Kiffin. I mean, he's been a, 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 a bolt of energy. Godsend for our business, all, all those things, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's been a positive uh, influencer of everything Ole Miss football. But the Rebels are four and six in SEC games under Lane Kiffin. Four and six. And then, um, you know, you mentioned last year. Look, let's, let's be honest. Last year was a misnomer. It was, it was an outlier. Uh, they went to the Outback Bowl with a four and five record. They won the Outback Bowl. You mentioned their quarterback wasn't in there. Just everything Indiana about last year for every team um, was bizarre. It was just weird. It was weird. It was totally weird. So, you know, I mean, that was a great start. Great start. But, you know, you're you're year two now. And I think we've all been guilty a little bit of thinking we, you know, this program has arrived. Yeah, arrived. We yeah. don't know that it has yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We do not know that it has yet been. And I think we'll, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you'll feel even better about thinking that it's arrived if they can navigate Arkansas 
on Saturday. It's going to be a tough task. In the if next four, in the next four, if you come out two and two, that's a disappointment. It really is, especially if you think Ole Miss, if you crowned Ole Miss as having arrived before Alabama and then lose to Alabama like you did and then come out and go two and two in the next four, that's going to be disappointing. That's going to be disappointing, inevitably. Well, it, it, it may be disappointing, but in all honesty, you got to, I think, take a broad view of it. If you come out two and two over the next four, and I'm not predicting that's going to happen. I mean, I think there's an outstanding chance they can be four and zero this the rest of this month. But you look up and you're five and three, with four very winnable games left to play in November, and then this team is nine and three, which is about where I thought they would be. Honestly, back in the preseason nine and three. If you polled Ole Miss fans. As excited as they were and thinking 11 and 1, 12 and 0, competing for the West, going to Atlanta, being in the same stratosphere as Alabama, most of them, if they just taken a breath, taken off the red and blue glasses, would say 9 and 3 probably, just to be safe. So that's where they would probably have projected Ole Miss to end up. Still, with where they were and how they were performing, 9 and 3, crazy as it sounds, would be kind of disappointing my whole deal is this it starts with Arkansas this feels like the linchpin game of the season if you beat Arkansas you've righted the ship if there's a ship to right so to speak as far as the momentum that they had before they ran into the brick wall at Alabama so if you're able to win this game against a very good team a team I think is equal to Ole Miss in, in terms of where they are and their potential and what they can be and the step they're trying to take. And then you go to Tennessee and take care of business. Now, LSU, can you exercise the demons against the rival? And then Auburn and Ole Miss is going to be a heck of a game on the Plains, even though Ole Miss historically just does not play well at Auburn. Still, I, I think this stretch right here is going to pretty much tell us whether Ole Miss is the team we thought it was taking that step, becoming the number three in the SEC behind Alabama and Georgia, if they've narrowed that gap, everything in front of them, all those kind of things, this is the stretch. This is the one. Because the final four starts with Liberty, and you're better than Liberty. If Liberty is a problem, then you've got a problem. <laughs> then you've got a real problem. Well, nine and three with a bowl game left to play, and it'll be a mighty good bowl game. And you win that bowl game. This is a 10 and three football team. Uh, 10 wins for Ole Miss for only the third time in the quote unquote modern era mm -hmm. and in the, in the, in the color TV era, if you will. The color um, TV. Golly. You know, yeah. Oh, well, it's true. Yeah, right. it's true. I just, I was thinking, so, um, Oh man, you, you gotta, yeah, you gotta go with that. I mean, that's a successful season. It's, no doubt. In year two from where you were in 2019, no doubt. 10 and three, this year would, would be worth celebrating for sure. Um, objectively you know, a success, next year, objectively a, a success in every way outside of the one, which every is every single way. Yeah. So, so, so I would encourage everybody patience, you know, patience this month because, and look, you may look up and, and you're seven and one going into November. Then that 11 and one is a real possibility. Yeah. Then that shit but gets real. If it's two and two, yeah, if it's two and two in November, don't sweat it, because this team still could end up being ten and three, and 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 being very hot with a winning streak, 
going into next season and with a schedule next season that we've talked about on here, Ben, I think is conducive to them starting six and oh, seven and oh. Yeah, the problem is who's the quarterback? It's going to be a transfer. I'm getting off topic. I don't want to get into that. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 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 you just did, and and yeah, they they have got to hit the portal for a quarterback. They definitely do. Yeah. You know, I think if if Tyrell Pegram had another year, but he doesn't, um, you know, he's the backup he, he may now, right? Have a shot. He's the unquestioned backup yeah, now. He's, he's caught up he's to the speed. number two guy. I mean, he took all the reps with the twos at practice heading into the Alabama game. So, um, yeah, yeah, I would think that's a fair thing to say. He's going to be a trivia um, question one you know, day. You know that. Think about that. If we never see yeah, Tyrone Pegram, exactly his final season at Ole Miss. Who was his backup quarterback? He's going to be a trivia question. We'll never see him play. If yeah. he walked down the street right now, would you recognize him? I wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I've I've I've, I've looked at his uh, mug shots and photos, but anyway, uh, actually, I don't even think that they have a mug shot up on him on the. Uh, I'm saying, are we sure he's real? Are we sure? <laughs> is he? <laughs> Does he exist? Does he really he, exist? Lane Kiffin concoction. Yeah, to throw everybody off. I, that's it. Tyrell, Tyrell Pegram does not exist. You've got to actually okay, talk that's to it. him. I'm calling sports information yes. to try to get uh, Tyrell Pegram for a one-on-one interview. Uh, that that has to happen. I'm, I'm going to work on that. I'm saying. But um, anyway, that's uh, that's that was worth talking about. Just a long view. Of, of this season. Yeah, I called him Tyrone. Uh, it's Tyrell. See, I don't even know if he's real. I was calling him Tyrone. May not be, Ben. Oh, boy. Hmm, Tyrell. It could, it could, be a, uh, could be a concoction there. But the reason we're all talking about this is this a big game Saturday at Vaughn Hemingway Stadium. And, and, and that's part of what's on the line if you want to look at it in a microcosm. It's the rest of the month of October. I mean, is it going to be a nightmare or is it going to be a dream? You know, that's yeah. where we're at with it. I woke up and, this uh, morning to you know, a question is, perfect for ahead. a podcast, and it was from Sam Henry Farmer on Twitter. He said, if Ole Miss finishes out with one loss to Alabama, assuming Alabama beats Georgia, do you think they put Ole Miss, Alabama, and Georgia all in the playoffs? No, no way. They're not going to put three SEC teams in the playoffs. And that's the that's the problem with that. That is a great question. But look, there are politics involved in all all facets of life, and uh, there's politics involved with the college football playoffs. So it, it, let's just say Alabama and Georgia both run the table, which I think is likely. Yeah. So they're both 12 and 0. Ole Miss is sitting there at 11 and 1 as a potential college football playoff team. But that committee's got to make a decision: Do we shut everybody out? But but who? But one team, one team. Uh, in the rest of the country and put three SEC teams in here, they're not going to do it. I don't think it's going to happen. Now, now, you know, we're putting the cart before the horse, but, you know, I think there would be some political problems with that. I would think there would be a major argument, and somebody's going to end up 11-1, and one, okay? Like a Notre Dame team that's not very good. That never deserves uh, to know, be in the playoff, but always ends up and gets blown out. Never. Well, part of that's because of the preseason polls you yep. mentioned. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. every year Notre Dame and LSU are going to get get kudos they don't deserve in the preseason. It, it's just just going to be that way. Going to be that way. So, uh, no, I don't think they do, Ben. I think an eleven and one Ole Miss team 
is in the Sugar Bowl. That's that's what I think. Going back to the Sugar Bowl for another exhibition game that doesn't matter. Ugh. Yep. Expand the damn playoffs. Expand it. You know, I've told you before, I want to see a 2014 playoff. Man, the hell that'll never happen. That that'll never happen. That'll well, never listen, happen. Listen, hear me out. All hear right. me out, though. All right. 2014 playoff. Think of the excitement that creates on college football playoff Saturday. Oh, my God, the matchups all around the country. You're preaching to the you choir here. Everyone agrees with team. you. It's just not going to happen. But, but, but I would do this. First round, top eight seeds get a bye. So you're going to have nine through 24 playing in the first round. And that leaves you 16 teams left in the second round. And you just play it down from there. Man, are you kidding me? The excitement, the great matchups that we would see. I yeah. mean, the TV money would be out of this world. It'd be out of this world. Well, see, now you've hit on the thing that matters. And one day, maybe it will happen. Maybe. And part of me, the reason I say that, is Division Two football, I used to cover. And to be honest with you, that's how they do it. And it is absolutely amazing. Only nobody knows the teams and nobody cares. We're not covering new ground here, though, David. We're not covering new ground here. Everybody knows that this is the only sport in the world that does the postseason like this. Every other sport does a playoff of some kind. And yet college football, being the money business that it is, and they're just allegiance to the bowls and making sure that those big money suits get their money – I mean, it's going to stay this way as long as it can. They're going to keep pushing back and pushing back. Finally, they'll expand it to eight. Maybe they get to 16. It'll never get to 24. It should. It just never will. Wish it would. Wish it would. Because Ole Miss in a playoff. Yeah, Ole Miss in a playoff playing against Boston College, who's been fun or something like that. In the first round, while the first eight get bys like Alabama and Georgia, whoever, that'd be great. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, it would be awesome. And think about this. Think about you just brought up an exhibition Sugar Bowl. Man, nothing's exhibition anymore. Right. That old Miss Vandy game, huge, mm-hmm. huge if you're trying to get into a 2014 playoff field. I mean, everybody in the country has something at stake every single week. Again. Man, I would love that. And you know what? Preaching Team to the choir. 25 man. can't bitch. Can't. No, you had your opportunity. I hear you. I mean, you're going to get a true national champ. And nobody can say they were left out. Nobody. And it'll never happen. All right, let's go around the circle here. Around the circle. That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. Around the circle brought to you by my bookie and modern woodman. Is there anything better than sweating out a win in the fourth quarter and coming away with cash in your pocket? And my bookie, there is. Make your first deposit and receive double your money before ever placing a bet with MyBookie. That's a dollar-for-dollar match on whatever you throw down up to 1000 bucks. Use that extra scratch to get in on all the biggest games of the week, including the Sunday night matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. With two of the most explosive offenses in the NFL going toe-to-toe, you know the over is going to be a great bet. And as if you needed another reason to head to MyBookie.ag, to celebrate the start of the Major League Baseball playoffs, MyBookie is hosting a $20,000 blackjack tournament that is absolutely free to enter. Winning season is here, so get in the game and get to mybookie.ag now. Use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, to get your double deposit bonus. That's promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, TOC, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement? 
or if you're ever actually going to be able to retire. Well, if so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need, from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. So I was looking at different things that popped up yesterday. First of all, Dexter McCluster was inducted to the Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame. Good for Dex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well-deserved. Well-deserved. Certainly yeah. a legendary player when it comes to that game. And, you know, if they ever come up a Hall of uh, for a Hall of Fame with the Ole Miss-Tennessee series, yes. Dex gets in there, hands down. He's first one in. That's my favorite game mm-hmm. I've ever covered, period. Watching from uh, the press box. My, my, my son, Ugh. my son Eli's got the poster of Dex just posterizing Tennessee in that Ugh. game, and uh, with the run DMC is still still around here somewhere. But um, yeah, what a ball game! I mean, man, <clears throat> and I remember, and this will come up next week, so I'll just go ahead and beat everybody to the to the punch. But what did Lane Kiffin say after that game about Ed Orgeron? And at the end of that game, he said, I told Ed he needs to go get me one of those. Talking about Dexter McCluster. That'll come up next week. But anyway. So did he get Alvin he Kamara? And then Alvin Kamara left. But is that is that what happened? Because Alvin yeah, Kamara is like what well, Dexter. Yeah, Lane left. Oh, yeah, of course. <clears throat> he left. Excuse me. He left, yeah. Um, the yeah. Ole Miss baseball exhibition against Little Rock is Saturday, October 16th. First pitch, 1 p.m. Central Time. It's open to every fan that wants to go see him play. So, Fall ball underway. I'm going to get Mike Clement back on here to talk some Ole Miss fall ball, see what's going on. Lakia Henry, Braylon Sanders, and Nick Broker spoke to the media on Tuesday. What they talk about? Yeah, well, you know, I asked Lakia about his recruitment because, uh, you know, once these guys get here, we often forget about the saga that got them here. And his was with Arkansas. And I remember especially, you know. We uh, thought it was a done deal, him Lakia going to Arkansas. Had, Oh, well, he had taken a, a, a kind of sly trip to Arkansas with his mom. And, I mean, they were apartment hunting and all kind of stuff like that. And credit to my guy, John Sumrall, who was coaching linebackers at Ole Miss at the time. Sumrall never blinked, man. He kept chugging away. And finally, Lakia commits to Ole Miss the day before National Signing Day. And uh, it was precarious there waiting on that signature to come in, but uh, Sumrall got it done. And, uh, you know, and, and Ole Miss is much better for it. One thing about John Sumrall, excellent recruiter. Uh, I hate to see John go. Yeah. And he did understand. He went home to Kentucky. Uh, I may have mentioned to you the, the night before New Mexico State played UTEP, I was out in Las Cruces, and the phone rings, and it's John Sumrall. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, oh, man, I'm getting ready for this game tomorrow night. I'm going to watch everything. Just tell Eli good luck. And I'm thinking, John, what the hell are you watching this game for? And then he reminds me, well, we've got to play New Mexico State, and we don't play this week, so so we're going to be scouting them. Uh-oh. And I'm like, oh, man, okay, uh-huh. okay. But, but yeah, that's what Lakia Henry talked about because I asked him about it. And um, John's trying to get the you know, inside scoop on you there, David, trying to see if you can give me any points at the trade there. Yeah. 
No, none at all, none at all. But uh, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to see John up in Lexington later this year, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, but John went and took Jacquez Jones, National about- Defensive Player of the Week. <laughs> well, you know, there's no other way of shaping that. That's, That's what, what happened. happened. That's what happened. And, um, and Jacquez, good for Jacquez. Yeah. Had a great yeah. week last week against Florida. The game-winning play. Well, we're all college football's free agency now. You know, that's no it. doubt. You have to constantly re-recruit. You never quit recruiting your players to stay. I mean, that's the animal we've all created. So it's the animal greed is created in this game. The and and, and you know, I'm a player's advocate. I'm all for the players getting everything they can. If they're not happy somewhere. Go somewhere else. I know you feel the same way. Absolutely. You know, but but it's money. It, it's the money. The suits. Um, are raking in every year that's cost all this. The suits are not that's having a good week good. on Talk of Champions. They've gotten dogged here on Talk of Champions this week. Yeah, suits are no having doubt. a bad time no of it this week on this podcast. So, uh, you know, I, I mentioned what Nick Broker talked about. He talked about communication issues up, up front on the offensive line. And, you know, I know a lot of people do not watch offensive line play. You follow the football. It's where the action is, right? But um, that's concerning. You know, if you're confused as an offensive lineman, you're beaten before the ball's ever snapped. You're, you're, you're just whooped. If you don't know what to do in the split seconds you have to do it, you're going to get blown up. And apparently that was a major issue over at Alabama. That's not my observation. That's Nick Broker's observation, Lane Kiffin's observations. I mean, so, you know, they've got to fix that. And then uh, Braylon Sanders, I mean, you know, Braylon's just Braylon. You know, he wants the football. He's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we did talk to Braylon a little bit about the fatigue factor because he played almost every snap at Alabama. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but at the end of the game, Braylon reminded me of Kellen Winslow being toted off the field during that San Diego Charger Miami Dolphin AFC playoff game back in, I think, 1980. Were you a Chargers um, fan? Because this is like where, the third where, time you brought up Kellen Winslow Sr. to me. No, no, but that's one of the greatest games in NFL history. It was Dan Fouts going head to head with Dan Marino. Okay. I mean, it was Kellen Winslow. I mean, just just making catch after catch. The Dolphins couldn't figure him out. And and the guy's so tired after the game, literally his tongue hanging out. He couldn't breathe. His teammates had to pick him up and carry him off the field. I mean, it was played in the old Orange Bowl. I mean, dirty. It was a little rain out there, muddy uniform. I mean, there are famous video clips of Winslow being towed off the field after that game. One of the greatest games in NFL history. And you're a Cowboys fan. Yes. To me, the greatest game in NFL history playoffs occurred with the Dallas Cowboys and Atlanta Falcons in 1981. Oh, I was going to say Danny White at quarterback. He had Drew Pearson, all those guys. Yeah. And uh, it was Steve Bartkowski and the Atlanta Falcons. And, uh, they were the team to beat in the NFC that year, and Dallas went to Atlanta and upset them in the divisional round. Went on to the Super Bowl that year. But um, anyway, uh, we're, we're getting off course. But Who yeah, cares? we talked about Braylon Sanders and how, hey, the guy might need a break. The guy might need a break every now and then. But who's the guy behind and, it? Uh, he admits, you know, well, that's the question, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of enigma about who's the guy behind him when they, when they don't take him off the field and give him a break. Quay Davis? Like, where's Quay Davis? Excuse me. I don't know. He may be made up, too. <laughs> yeah. he, he, and Tyrell, he and Tyrell Pegram are sharing a locker. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where Quay Davis is. 
Mm-hmm. I would love to ask Derek Nix that question. Hey, Derek, is Quay Davis real? Very simple. Very simple question. Made up. Yeah. Made up. Very simple question. Yeah. It was funny. You, you mentioned the communication issues it, with the offensive line. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, well, it's almost like a 10 year old kid being teased about his buddies about <laughs> not having a girlfriend. And he makes an imaginary one up in Canada. You know, we're real good about bringing players in from Canada. Many Tyow. Robinson and Dean Leonard. Yeah, they're real. They're real. Okay. Now, now the other guy, Jaden Dixon, I don't know. Maybe he's made up too. Yeah. Where's he? Are we sure he's real? Oh, God. Yeah, we're, we're getting deep in the weeds now. Yeah, we're getting deep in the weeds. We're getting deep in the weeds on this. So it's funny you're talking about the communication issues with the offensive line. Ben Brown does his frontline view segment every single week here on Talk of Champions. And I texted him and was like, hey, man, whenever you want to knock out the segment, just let me know, like every single week. And he got back to me. He's like, look, man, I totally forgot. Um, can we skip this week? Because no one wants to hear from an offensive lineman talk about that game, probably. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, talk to you next week. Like ben, ben knows. Ben knows. I love Ben Brown. What a good dude. I love that guy. So uh, David Brent's feeling great that. guy. I can't wait. I, I- just reading the room, though. Wedding next summer. Yeah. What's that? I said he's reading the room, though, about the no, community. No, no, no. Well, well, that's what I'm excited about the wedding. The people that are going to be in the room, uh, possibly potential former line coaches, current line coaches, uh, former OCs, former head coaches, could make for one hell of a photo. Yes. If nothing else, a lot of beer is going to be drank at that one. A lot of it. That'd be a fun wedding. That'd be a good one to go to. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, I'm going. Oh, is it one of those Southern I'm Baptist? Going. Is it one of those Southern Baptist dry weddings? Is that what it's going to be? I don't know, man. I, don't, I doubt that. Knowing the knowing some of the people that are going to be I'm there, saying. because knowing uh, some of the parties involved so here. See, Eli was in Gabe Angel's wedding, and uh, I think I may have shared a picture of that with you. Uh, that one went crazy. And then, uh, <laughs> then he was in Jack DeFore's we- uh, wedding earlier this year, and uh, I think they had a real good time at that one. So I don't think Ben's going to break the trend. Yeah, he can't do it. Can't do it. Man, these guys getting married. We're talking about Ben Brown's wedding. This is crazy. But but the idea that these kids are getting married, man, that's what makes me feel old. Is when we get to the place where life keeps going, right? Yeah, we get stuck in this bubble, this Groundhog's Day our days are pretty much the same and life continues around yeah. you. And Ben Brown, who I remember in recruiting, talked to him recruiting. You did too. You have a tremendous relationship with Ben and his family. Obviously he and Eli are really good friends. And then they start moving on with their lives. And then, Oh, so-and-so has gotten married and Jack DeFore getting married. That's just wild to me. Cause the last time I remember Jack DeFore, he was transferring to go to Georgia tech. So the idea that these guys are now becoming yeah. adults and stuff, it's, it's a strange thing. Yeah, Gabe is a, a, a um, TSA officer and now at the Nashville International Airport. What? Whatever that place is called. Yeah, that's what Gabe's doing. He's a TSA officer. Well, I've got to automatically hate him now. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and Jack is, uh, I think Jack is like in sales back home in Georgia. That's what he's doing. He's, he's done at Georgia Tech. But, uh, Great group of guys. It's, it's fun to watch everybody grow up. Yeah, we're planning a wedding here for next year, man. And you know, let's that's go. Uh, let's go. You know, uh, one day I was 25. I look up and I'm 50, and my daughter's about to get married. So, oh man, whew, which costs a lot of money, man. 
I'm already like planting the seeds with Gracie. She's nine. Telling her, you don't need no man. You don't need to get married. Just find you somebody you love. Ah. I'm planting those seeds <laughs> well, early. Well, you know, if she gets a good man, then you're no longer feeding her one day, Ben. You're not paying her car insurance. and you're I want her to be strong, payment, independent, not need nobody. Nobody. There you go. Riley's already that's, like that. She's five. Goal. I don't worry about the five-year-old, man. Riley, she's she's already got down that uh, yeah. independence that she got from her daddy. She just she doesn't care. Well, my, my oldest girl, Sydney, and that's the one we're talking about here. She she's great. She's awesome. I mean, she holds down two jobs. She she's worked at the Bank of Oxford for years. She's also uh, she also works at the Mustard Seed here in Oxford, and she's pretty self-sufficient already. See, good. She's got a got, got a great guy. We're excited about him as well. And, uh, you know, um, yeah. So that's what's going on. Life goes on. We've gone this far, and we still haven't covered the one thing that I've been trying to cover for two podcasts. So before we jump to David Brandt on the Modern Woman phone line, let's cover this really quickly. Snoop Connor's usage. So he had a career-high 21 carries against Alabama last year. It was tied in the fourth quarter, 42-42. to Now, almost lost. 63 to 48. After that, 15 carries against Arkansas in a loss, 13 carries against Auburn in a loss, a 35 to 28 loss. And ever since then, he has not yet again reached double digit carries. He went 5, 8, 6, 3. And then this year, let me pull it up real quick. This year, 8, 5, 9, and 4. What is going on? Yeah, I think a lot of it is tempo. You know, it's, it's the unwillingness of, Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy to to stop the tempo to make the substitutions in situations where you'd probably rather have his 5'10", 220-pound frame in the backfield versus a lighter Jerry Ely or Henry Parrish. Um, you know, and that's a choice that they have to make. You know, is it better to slow things down, make a substitution, allow the defense to substitute and get the, the the ideal running back in the backfield. Well, you're also tipping your hand there too if you use it. Uh, you know, hey, he's getting the ball. Connor's getting the ball. So um, I, you know, I get it. It's it's kind of it's kind of a catch twenty two. Um, you know, if you slow things down, you, you sub your running back on a short yarded situation. I mean, if I'm the defense, I'm pretty pretty darn sure what you're what you're thinking about doing right there. Uh, so, you know, I think that's the issue. I think it's the only issue. I am per- I'm still perplexed, you know, with how they did the preseason depth chart and listing in number three, a veteran like that. I think that was a slight, whether it was intended or not. I thought he was uh, fourth. Wasn't Kentrell Bullock third? A guy like – Might have been fourth. He may have been fourth. Yeah. He may- yes, he-, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. So you, you-, you just don't do that, you know? I, I mean, again, there's politics involved in everything. What good is that in your locker room when you could have put the simple word or on your depth chart and everybody would have been happy? Um, you know, and that's something probably the average fan. I mean, everybody saw where he was on the depth chart, but, you know, you think about it a little bit and um, you could have put the word or in there and that wouldn't have had anybody raising any eyebrows. And now people have been watching, so it's become an issue. It's become yeah, topical. That's right. It's no issue for the Ole Miss offense. I mean, they're going to call it the way they want to call it. But, um, you know, but it's proven to be true, right? Pretty much. I mean – Well, none I mean, of us are coaches here, David. None of us pretend to be coaches or experts. They obviously know more football and have forgotten more football than we'll ever know. We grant them that. But the thing is, is when you watch it, 
just by passing the eye test of the football layman like me, Snoop kind of looks to be the most effective at running downhill and getting those tough yardage, um, those tough yards, getting that tough yardage. And yet he's just not utilized it, it. And I wonder why he doesn't get a more extended run, maybe a start here or there just to see what it looks like. But it feels like he's just not what they want in a running back, which is unfortunate because Alabama was the game for Snoop. He proved it last year. He was the, he was the well, perfect back. Snoop Connor's going to play in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. You have an NFL running back there. Absolutely. So, you know, again, I think I think it's uh, settling out to 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 not stopping your tempo. I mean, I he had 21 carries for 128 and two maximum. touchdowns against Alabama last year. Averaged 6.1 yards per carry. The Alabama game was the perfect Snoop Connor opportunity. And ever since then, against Louisville, eight carries, 60 yards, seven and a half yards per carry, 4.6 yards per carry against um, Austin P. Against Tulane, 4.7 yards per carry. Now, it was not effective against Alabama, four for 12, but he didn't get any opportunities. He did get a touchdown. So I'm just confused by it. I, I really am. I'm confused by it because he's shown time and time again, as far as pure running back, just as a pure runner, he's the most effective. Now, for everything they want to do with their running backs, catching out of the backfield, lining up a wide receiver, obviously is Jerion. Obviously. And Henry Parrish is Jerion Ely Light. But Snoop, as a pure runner, is the best of the group. And and I'm just curious as to why he's kind of fallen. That's not necessarily out of yeah. favor, but out of the game script. Yeah, I think I think it's tempo. I think that's your answer. I mean, I think it's it's... Look, if we sub a running back in, A, we're tipping our hand, particularly in short yardage situations, and B, they're able to adjust their personnel because they're allowed to sub as well. Yeah. And I think that's the answer. You know, you're going with the guy who's in there, not necessarily the guy that might be the best guy to go with. Uh, I'm surprised you're not asking about John Rice Plumley this morning. What's there to ask at this point about John Rice Plumley? This is a well, learning the, year the for him. It's a learning year Lane. for him. The question, the question was asked of Lane. That uh, you know, you know, what about John Rice Plumley? What exactly is his role? And uh, you know, I think Lane answered that question blatantly honest. It's unfortunate for him. He was behind Matt Corral at quarterback, and now he's behind some really good wide receivers. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, it's unfortunate for him. That's how Lane put it Monday. It wasn't uh, any kind of uh, jovial, hey, I'm going to poke Levy and see if I can get him to put him in the game or anything like that. It was just unfortunate. And I think that said a lot. I think that's something that was said Monday that that, that got underplayed, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, there was no offer of, of hope, if you will, that you're going to see more of him as the season progresses. No offer of that. So, you know, I thought, I found that to be very, very interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. One way he can carve out a role is on special teams. He's already returning kicks, maybe return punts, but also maybe become a gunner on special teams. That's how a lot of guys make their impact, get on the field. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just think right now it's more of a learning experience than anything for him, and I got that directly from Bradley South, so I don't want to steal it, it from is. him. I mean, like, I, I don't think John Rice Plumley's impact's coming until next year. <clears throat> I've been told at times he struggles in practice catching the football. There you go, then. Um, which is certainly going to affect uh, your confidence level of putting him in a game on Saturday. There you go, then. Yeah. 
Now, I haven't seen that with my own eyes. Uh, the week that we got to stay out there for all the fall camp, thought he was doing a fine job catching the football. But, you know, I haven't laid eyes on that lately. But he also admitted but, uh, that something I, that kind of got undersold that. in the preseason is John Rice said he knows where he's supposed to get, but getting to there as a route runner is something that's proven challenging for him. And that is no small thing, knowing how to get there, getting there, reading your reading what's in front of you with your eyes and running the right route and winning off the line of scrimmage, all that stuff, that's brand new to him. So if he hasn't picked up on those things, then that's why he's not playing because other guys are more accomplished. They've been doing it for longer. So for John Rice, I think his biggest impact comes next year. We'll see. I don't know. I, I just think it would behoove Ole Miss to more incorporate Snoop Connor into the game plan, whether that means starting particular drives just with Snoop. I don't know. But he's proven as a running back that he can be effective, especially with short runs. And I think on those fourth down runs, Snoop's not going to tiptoe. Snoop's going to attack the line of scrimmage. And it would be nice to see him get those kind of opportunities. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And David and I both write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OleMissSpirit.com to further 247 Sports. Going to go now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to David Brain of the Associated Press. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you tomorrow. Howdy, howdy, everybody. That was David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to David Brandt. He covers the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA for the Associated Press. But before we jump to him, let's hear from B&A Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season. 
specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. David, my friend, how are you? I'm good. What's going on? Nothing much, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Just uh, knee deep in NFL and NBA starting up and... Thankfully, the Diamondback season is over, but, uh, you know, otherwise just football, basketball, all those things. The first thing that I thought about when you started running through the different sports, the NBA, Terrence Davis in Sacramento, MLB, there are a lot of MLB Rebels, but Nick Fortes setting it on fire with the Miami Marlins, hitting four home runs, I think, in his time with the Miami Marlins when he got called up. And in the NFL, a lot of Ole Miss Rebels showing out right now. So you paid attention to any Ole Miss guys in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of fun in all the sports, like you're talking about, you know, after, especially after covering for several years, you know, seeing all the guys go on with their careers, even at other SEC schools. But, you know, as far as Ole Miss, seeing guys like, you know, Lance Lynn have a great year and have a great career, really, uh, with all the teams. It's kind of hard to believe that he's, you know, <laughs> time marches on. It's It's kind of crazy to think that Lance Lynn's in his like mid-30s and you know, probably closer to the end of his career than the beginning, but mm-hmm. it's fun to watch all those guys. And you just see how good the SEC is and everything by how many people they put into the, the big time sports. That's that existential dread that sets in once you see that Lance Lynn's like a tenured pitcher in MLB. Oh, I know it's well, it, I mean, we've talked about this before, you know, forever for years and years, you kind of like identify with the players because they're contemporaries. They're closer to your age you know, you're in your twenties there and they're earlier, you know, you have the same reference points. And then all of a sudden one day it changes and you have more in common with like the managers and the general managers and the assistant coaches or whoever else. It's just kind of incredible, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's fun to watch it away, but it also ages you quickly. It really does. And it was funny because one thing that kind of caught me by surprise was when I first saw Robert Kim with the Seattle Seahawks. He set out last year, was drafted by the Cardinals, didn't have a great career with the Cardinals, but now he's playing really well for the Seahawks. And Rob's been a friend of mine for a long time. Denzel, more than Rob, but that family, I've known him for so long. And for Rob to be getting a second chance with the Seahawks, that's what dated me. That's when I went, oh, God, man, I'm getting old. 
Yeah, because, you know, it pops up on the screen. He's like, what, a five-year veteran now or something yeah. like that, a six-year veteran? Yeah, that you know, that's the draft night with Laramie Tunzel and all that stuff. In some God. ways, that seems like <laughs> I know, that's one uh, that I wasn't there in person that night, but just that entire I was. scramble. Oh, my gosh. That Yeah, I know you were. That's the thing. I mean, that was that was up there with the most just ridiculous nights of not just Hugh Freeze's tenure, but really of any of the time I covered Ole Miss. Oh, it was absurd. But like Brandon Bold, Brandon Bold's a good friend of mine. I love BB. I've known him forever, man. We were friends in college. And now he's still playing with the Patriots, caught six passes for 51 yards on Sunday, returned a kickoff for 25 yards, recorded two tackles on special teams. That's how he's stuck is BB became a great special teams player. He was a great running back at Ole Miss. But what made him stick in the NFL and become beloved by New England is his special teams ability. And uh, they, lo- they lost 19-17 to 17 to Tampa Bay. But Brandon Bolden, especially after the injury to uh, James White, has now found himself back as a big part of the offense, but also doing special team stuff. But A.J. Brown, he's out right now with the Titans. Evan Ingram's with the Giants. Woodrow Hamilton's with the Titans. Marquise Haynes, Mike Hilton, D.J. Jones, Dawson Knox, Greg Little, Bobby Massey, D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Moore, C.J. Moore, Elijah Moore, Royce Newman, Robert Kimdichie, we've spoken about, Scotty Phillips, Laramie Tunsil, Jordan Wilkins. When you hear all these names, what does it say about Ole Miss and the talent that's come through and the, the fact that these guys are having success on NFL Sundays, and you're seeing them pop up, like a Dawson Knox, for example, never scored a touchdown at Ole Miss, thanks, Phil Longo, but now his breakout is coming. It's happening right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you've just seen Ole Miss over the years, and I know there's been ups and downs, obviously, you know, especially the downs with a little more with the Matt Luke era, but, I mean, they've generally been recruiting NFL-level talent for several years now. And, and I think those guys are going on. I think that always helps in the future with recruiting. I think that's one thing, you know, some of the things we talk about, I, I think that, you know, 18 year old kids don't really care about, but I, I do think that if you put a list of in front of them of like 25 NFL players and four or five of them, they know pretty well, you know, the DK Metcalfs of the world, you know, people like that, that are recognizable. Um, I, I think that helps. And so, you know, I, I just, Ole Miss has had a lot of talented players over a long time now. And the cases like Brandon Bolden, kind of getting back to him, fascinate me because you you cover the NFL. Every NFL team has a few guys like that, two or three guys. It helps, you know, they're good guys. They're conscientious. They can play special teams like you talked about. They can fill in on offense or defense. There's a, there's a dude on the Arizona Cardinals who I covered named Chris Banjo, and which is a great name. But he, he also has like eight or nine years in the league. He does special teams. He does. He's kind of a backup safety. He can play a good safety if he needs to. But anyway, it's just one of those guys that Brandon Bolden has has grown into one of those that kind of the the Swiss Army knife type guys that obviously Bill Belichick really trusts. Chris Banjo sounds like a baby face in AEW. (laughs) He actually played for SMU, I believe, about 10 years ago. But even better. Even better. I mean, if you're Chris Banjo, you had to have played for a team in Texas. Yes, I think that would be uh, that would it wouldn't fit if he came from like no. New Hampshire or something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like but yeah, bumper no, pool for Arkansas. Bumper pool had to play at Arkansas or any other SEC school. If bumper pool played at Northwestern, it's just not the same. 
no, it's just not as it's not it's not even funny. It's more just awesome. Yeah, like, you know, there's certain. It's kind of like all those. Uh, I don't know. What am I thinking of? Like the Georgia football players all the years. It sounds like they're the 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 CEO. You know, it's like yeah. what? Who's that quarterback's name? Yeah, uh, what Stetson Bennett's my favorite. Stetson yeah. Bennett's my favorite. Stetson yeah. Bennett. That's it. You know, yeah. that's that's such a Georgia name. And then for all those years, the. Uh, the oldest baseball names, Logan Power, Brett Basham. Brett Evan Basham. Bucky. I love Brett Basham, man. Uh, but Logan Power, those na- – like Basham Power, the- Stephen Head, uh, yeah, just full-on Ole Miss. Name. But the best Ole Miss name ever is Gary Wonderlick because he sounds like an Ole Miss player. Gary Wonderlick. Gary Wonderlick was a very, very good one. Yes. I agree with that. I mean, that that's up there. But I'm looking at these uh, names in the NFL – and it just brings back memories. Like Mike Hilton, I remember covering Mike Hilton in high school, and Mike was such a beloved Ole Miss Rebel, and he's carved out a great career as an undrafted free agent, first with the Steelers, now with the Bengals. Um, Marquise Haynes didn't have a lot of success team-wise while he was at Ole Miss, but Marquise was a dynamic defensive end, one of the best defensive ends to ever play at Ole Miss, and now he's having success with the Carolina Panthers. But one guy that keeps sticking out like a sore thumb is Dawson Knox because of the history, because of his lack of usage with Phil Longo in the same offense as A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf with a good quarterback in Jordan Tiamo. And now you're seeing the breakout season from him. This is a converted quarterback. When he was recruited by Ole Miss, he was a non-scholarship quarterback signee that they turned into a tight end and became a scholarship tight end. And on Sunday, hauled in five passes for 37 yards and two touchdowns. We are seeing Dawson Knox break into that tight end one conversation as far as not just fantasy football, which is what I kind of relate everything to in the NFL at this point. But from an on-field production standpoint, Dawson Knox is establishing himself as a top 10 option in the league at tight end. And I think... Every Ole Miss fan, every single Sunday, the more he continues to be successful, will continue to go back to, hey, thanks, Phil Longo. You had this, and you did nothing with it. Yeah, I agree they underutilized Dawson Knox. I just think it was one of those things, especially you you talk about that offense. You know, I think even 20 years from now, we'll be talking about that offense with A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. I mean, there just weren't a ton of footballs to go around, and I I think a few more should have gone to Dawson Knox, sure, but, you know, you just – there's only so much you could do when you've got that many playmakers on one offense. But, but not yeah, one I mean, touchdown? Dawson, not one? I agree. But every every school has that guy. Remember Alvin Kamara? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, yeah. you know, somebody that was underutilized. And I, I mean, that's partly on the coaches. I mean, I'm not completely absolving. It's so completely on the guy. coaches. It's completely on the coaches. Come on. Phil Longo's yeah, chasing I mean, grass bullshit. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, when you've got a guy that's going to grow into a top 10 NFL talent, you probably should use him some. Thank you. That's Saturday all I wanted you to say. In the SEC. Right, right. I mean, but I, I understand why he didn't put up huge numbers just because of the offense around him. But yeah, I mean, the fact that he didn't have a touchdown kind of sticks out when he's one of the better, you know, touchdown catchers. I mean, that's what tight ends are a lot of times, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, he's He's really good. He's a very good player on one of the best teams of the NFL. And I think that's, you know, pretty much what anybody dreams of doing. Yeah. Jordan Wilkins sticking with the Indianapolis Colts. He saw action as a reserve running back and on special teams in a 27-17 win. Jordan Wilkins, one of the best kids in the world to ever cover. Um, But when I think about surprises, because we knew DK would be good. We knew A.J. Brown would be good. Bobby Massey's been so good for so long. Royce Newman. 
started since he got into the NFL his rookie season. But the biggest surprise so far to me, not Mike Hilton, not Dawson Knox, it's DJ Jones. I think people forget DJ was a dominant defensive tackle at Ole Miss. He got drafted by the 49ers in the sixth round, and he continues continues to be a starter, if not spot starter, and forced to fumble and tally two tackles in the San Francisco loss to Seattle on Sunday, 28-21. But D.J. Jones, coming from East Mississippi Community College, finding a role, becoming dominant, getting drafted, and then sticking for as long as he has, it's a credit to him. I just look at all the Ole Miss Rebels and the pros, and D.J. Jones doing what he's doing, man, alive. Good for him, because that's just one guy I wouldn't expect to, of all these guys, to have such a tenured career so far. Sure. And it's just like you said, it's about finding the right opportunity and finding a position, you know, that, you know, somebody like DJ Jones, the defensive line of the NFL is a super, I mean, every position is physical, but that's a real, obviously a lunch pail position, you know, in the middle of the field. Um, Hustle means a lot. Grit means a lot. You see, again, on all these NFL teams, especially on the defensive line, the past several years, they rotate guys in and out. So they need at least five or six, maybe seven or eight, you know, guys who can play and who can contribute. And, you know, there, there's, you know, I take it back to the, the Arizona Cardinals just because that's who I cover. But you might remember this kid from LSU, a guy named Rashard Lords. Um, you know, he was a really good player for them for several years. He got drafted in the fourth round by the Cardinals and he's stuck, even though he's not overly athletic. I mean, he works hard. He clogs up space in the middle of that defense and he makes plays. And so I think DJ Jones is a, a very similar level type player. Is Kyler right now far and away the leader for the MVP? I don't know if far and away is the right word, but I think if the season ended after four weeks, yeah, I think he'd win. He'd win. He'd win in a walk. He'd win in a walk. Yeah, and I think I it's think a great story easy, too. Cause remember everybody was talking about Kyler not going and playing baseball and deciding to stick with football, being undersized, all these kind of things. And now Kyler, what he does on the football field is different than anybody else, even Lamar Jackson, um, other running quarterbacks like that, his arm strength, and he's doing it undersized at the toughest position in the NFL. And he's being so successful. And I think, of course, the offense he's paired with fits him like a glove. But to see Kyler explode like this, I think is one of the best stories in the NFL. And you're getting to cover it every single day. So how special has it been? And what kind of growth have you seen in what will be probably the MVP of the league this year? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, Kyler Murray came into the league incredibly talented and was immediately at least a league average quarterback, probably a top 10, top 15. But he's... You know, he could use his feet. Obviously, you've seen it many times. He really doesn't. He does run a few times a game, but he uses it more to set himself up for the pass and to, you know, just mess with guys. I mean, we see the, he kind of looks like he reminds me of getting back to an old Miss guy, a little bit of Dexter McCluster and how he can change directions and mm. just move around. It'd be like if, if Dexter McCluster had a cannon for an awesome back there and could do all the things a quarterback does, because it's very similar as far as, because it's not so much the straight line speed, which Kyler's pretty fast. It's his ability to change directions, you know, see things a couple plays ahead. And, and I think the thing that's been most impressive and, and I kind of knew this coming in, but you never, you know, until it actually happens. Um, he really cares about the playbook, about football, about, and, and I know that sounds, well, doesn't everybody? It's like, well, not necessarily, but Kyler really wants to be good. He's, 
he's gotten so much better just in the drop back passing game. And he was pretty good before, but I mean, he's just lifted himself from being that top 10, top 15 quarterback in the league, you know, a very good starter for a long time to somebody that's a potential MVP candidate. I think year in and year out for the next, at least four or five years, you know, the and early so returns, I, I a- the early returns, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the early returns, no, you're fine. Cause I was reading these as you were talking there, the early returns of the season, The NFL Rebels with the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl this year. Dawson Knox with the Bills. I'm going through it. Hold on. (laughs) DK Metcalf and Robert Kimdichie with the Seahawks. Royce Newman with the Packers. Is that the best? The best opportunity for former Rebels? I mean, often, yeah, you'd have to read through. But, yeah, I mean, that sounds like, I mean, the Seahawks are good, obviously. They're always good. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, the Packers are going to – yeah, unfortunately, no old Miss guys on uh, on on the Cardinals this year. I'm trying to roll through get them all in my head. Yeah, you got to get one. You got to get one. AJ Brown on the Titans. That's one that's interesting because the Titans haven't been very good at all. Lost to the Jets. That's been good. Been bad. Yeah, I still I still think they have a chance to bounce back, especially now that the NFL season's one game longer. Gives you a little chance to recover from a slow start. I keep forgetting but, that, uh, man. Here's one thing I want to ask oh, it's you. Weird. Here's one thing I want to ask it's you. Super weird. One, the final records with the extra game is going to look weird. And then two, I am not an old curmudgeonly guy. I've always wanted them to relax the rules on numbers, and yet it's taken me so long to get used to seeing single digits in the NFL. It's been weird. <laughs> there, there are. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I think guys should pretty much be able to wear the numbers when they want. But sometimes after just you know, 35, 40 years of watching football in a certain way and associating certain numbers with certain positions. Yeah. It just, it's weird. It's but, weird. You know, get off topic. Sports marches on. Sports marches on. But it is weird. It's so, very weird. So, when you look at these Rebels in the NFL, who needs to have a strong second half? It's not, we haven't reached the second half, but a strong run starting. AJ Brown's one of them. Evan Ingram's another one. I think Evan Ingram's in his last year. They exercise his fifth-year option. So Evan Ingram, he could be playing somewhere else next year. When you're thinking about Rebels that need to really show out this year, to not necessarily continue their career, but to build on it and to get better and to set themselves up for that second contract, which is the only thing that matters, who are you paying attention to? Well, Evan Ingram kind of sticks out just because he's been, you know, rightly or wrongly, he just with the Giants' struggles, He's taken a lot of the uh, the brunt of the anger from the fans in a lot of ways. And, I mean, you know Evan. I know Evan. We covered him. You know, great dude. Love you that know, dude. You feel bad for him that you get the wrath of New York you know, on, on, on you when it's, you know, I mean, I, some of it probably deserved, but a lot of it's not. And so, you know, you just kind of root for a guy like that who's, you know, undergoing some stress as far as, you know, not just his play, but with the fan base. And so I hope it works out for him, whether it's with the Giants or anything else, because he's got all the talent in the world. And I, I think that he could be and and is at times a really good tight end in the league. No, it's Evan Ingram. AJ's going to be fine. He's just got to stay on the field. DK's going to be fine. He's just got to stay on the field. Greg Little's in trouble, man. Why is that? He got traded I haven't from the kept up with him as much. He got traded from the Panthers. He's a former second round pick. He's been inactive with the Dolphins every single week. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're inactive week after week, especially when you're kind of a veteran, you know, or at least been around a few years, you know, you're hanging on. Yeah, barely. 
Yeah. Who's your Super Bowl pick right now? Oh, gosh. Putting me on the spot. Yeah. That's what we I do. Mean, I'm not ready to say I know that. Uh, well, right. But I, the Cardinals, I really, you know, the team that really, I know we've talked about them a lot, but man, the Bills are good. And I like Josh Allen a lot. Cardinals are the last um, undefeated team left in the NFL. I know. I know. And, and you look at their schedule, it hasn't, they beat, they beat Tennessee on the road. They beat the Rams on the road. Uh, you know, they got lucky in the Vikings game. They won when the Vikings missed the last second field goal. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you need a little luck to be good in the NFL always. Make your own luck type of thing. But, yeah, I mean, it's been incredible watching the Cardinals. Not only have they been good, but they've been winning road games by multiple touchdowns because they beat the Jaguars, too. I know the Jaguars aren't that great, but they took care of business out there, won by like 31-13 or something like that. Um, and Trevor Lawrence, even with all the shenanigans happening in Jacksonville right now, Trevor Lawrence is really good. Um, so who else? Like, I, I don't have the Dallas in front of me. Okay, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> that needs to be like one of your catchphrases. Uh, Dallas. The Chiefs, but the Chiefs have got some problems, man, especially defensively. Yeah, the Chiefs haven't looked. I still think, I mean, considering Andy Reid, considering their track record over the last two or three years, I think they're going to figure it out and be pretty good. But, yeah, they don't look like the the unstoppable force that they were before. And then, of course, we'd be morons if we counted out Tom Brady. Yeah, of course. The, the Bucks, the Bucks. Are gonna be, yeah, they're going to be fun. The Chargers have been impressive. The Cowboys beat them. Uh, the Broncos are 3-1. and one. The Raiders are 3-1. and one. I don't buy the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I think the Raiders are fine, but yeah, I mean, as far as Super Bowl, I still think, I know they kind of laid an egg against the Cardinals. The Rams are really good. The Rams are really good. Um, and I think and I think Matthew Stafford is a perfect fit for that offense, and I think that's going to really be a, a real weekly tough out for opponents. So, I, you know, the Cardinals got the best ends of the Cardinals, I think, are that. that the NFC West, generally speaking, I think the AFC is better than the NFC, but the West, man, you know, with the the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Rams. I mean, all those teams are pretty decent. Um, you know, I, I think the odds are still that they've got a decent chance to get all four teams in the playoffs. AFC North is the Bengals at three and one, the Ravens at three and one. The Ravens are going to be there. The Browns at three and one. The AFC South sucks. The Titans are first at two and two, and they've looked nothing but an unimpressive. Texas Texans are one and three. Colts are one and three. Jags are zero and four. Does Urban Meyer last the whole year? I would have certainly thought so after this latest thing, the the videos and stuff like that. Not that I think that's like necessarily a fireable offense. I think it's just everything on top of each other. David, there's a lot. He stuck his fingers in her rear end. I, I full disclosure, I have not watched the video. I have seen descriptions of the video. So that's what happened. I'm not right. trying to be crass here, but that's what happened. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Oh, and four football well, team. You stay back in Ohio well, to go to a bar and then you get caught on video doing that. That's what I'm talking about. It's the oh, and four on top of that. I didn't think like, obviously the, the video was not an ideal situation, but you put that on the fact that he's oh, and four. It always fascinates me how And he's married he for thirty seven years and he always does the moral superiority thing. I'm all just saying duly noted. Okay. I totally agree. Well, it's all about the credibility. Like I you know, I saw some stories come out that he's lost and he didn't have much credibility in the locker room to begin with. That's where it really gets to be a problem. 
Uh, you know, if you remember this though in the off season when they were hiring a coach and it was floated that they were thinking about hiring Urban Meyer and everybody thought that's a terrible idea and then they did it anyway. Yeah, you know, like I I would have been more skeptical of that, but I've watched Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> yes. who not only was a college coach, but he wasn't a very good college. But he fits coach. Like, what the know, modern he, NFL wants to do offensively. He does. He does. And honestly, I think even more than that, and the offense is very important. He fits it from a personality standpoint. Yeah, he doesn't like, want to recruit. He, able, he wants to call ball. Right. He doesn't want to recruit. Well, and he wants to recruit grown men, too. Yes. You know what I mean? He's yes. not trying to be your dad. He's not trying to, you know, you know, he he's ready to coach you up and do X's and O's and you know, he personally likes the players and all that he stuff. He wants to be but a contemporary. A dad, right. He's a it's not a dad's situation it's like look i'm your coach let's go win ball games and and you know i mean obviously it helps now that he's four and oh but he's always commanded that respect and that's interesting to me considering the cardinals in a lot of ways had every reason you know to be like ah who's this guy he was in sixth place in the big 12 and now he's going to coach in the nfl <laughs> um you know and i i think and so i can understand why somebody might look at a college coach and say hey that's a good fit but i don't think urban meyer just with his personality, his track record. I think you could also coach too long at the college level. You get too used to, for better or for worse, again, recruiting, you know, shaping your own roster. And then also, things like that. whenever scandal comes about at every single one of your stops, then you have to take a break to go spend time with your family because you're a great family man. And then you get caught on video doing that. I'm not going to say it again. Sure. It's, right. Sure. It's It's all it all builds on each other. Yes. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of reached crisis mode in Jacksonville. So I don't know if he lasts the year at this point. I don't know if he lasts the week. Ooh, now that that's interesting. Okay. Going to wrap this up. The Cowboys, my Cowboys are three and one should be four. and zero if not for a push off by, uh, I guess I can't remember who the wide receiver was that pushed off. Was it Chris Godwin? Yeah, it was Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin pushed off or the Cowboys would be four. and zero. Washington is two and two. The Cardinals are four and zero. The Rams are three and one. Seahawks two and two. Niners two and two. Packers three and one. Bears two and two. But whatever. Matt Nagy sucks. The Bucks are three and one. The Panthers are three and one. Saints are two and two. Falcons are one and three. All right. So now we've gone through it all real quickly before we go. Who's your pick for the Super Bowl? You got the Bills in the AFC, which I love. Who's your pick for the NFC? You know, I'll go Bills and Rams. Yeah, that's what I'd have done. Even though I want to, yeah, I mean, I just I think the Rams, even though they again totally laid an egg against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals were part of the reason for that. But I I just think I think the Rams are pretty good on both sides of the ball. Sean McVay's done it before. I think there's a lot of reasons to like them, but you know, we'll see. Four weeks in, and remember, uh, it's a long 17 game season now. Well, what's funny is as much as I'm a Cowboys homer. And I'm going to the Saints game in New Orleans, and I'm going to be wearing a Breland Speaks Cowboys jersey, which I just bought because I thought it'd be funny. Knowing that I love the Cowboys. Pretty big time. Thank you. And I'm a big time Cowboys fan and just want them to win. Playoff wins since 2000. The Cowboys have three. Tied with the Jags and the Bears. Three. Three. Hey, you're a true fan. I'll give you, you've, you've been a true fan. You've stuck through it. I have. I have. I was watching the Thanksgiving game. My family, we all went to Atlanta to visit my uncle, and they wanted to go see a movie. I think it was like a new Terminator or something. I stayed back to watch Drew Henson quarterback the Cowboys on the Thanksgiving game. 
and they won. So yes, I've I mean, been I, through it. I, 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 especially depending on the movie, I respect your choice. Thank you, thank you. I was at, I was on my own, hanging out, watching Drew Henson. He's David Brandt at David Brandt AP on Twitter. He covers the NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, NHL. Not a lot. I, I occasionally fill in, but, but a little. You wouldn't want my commentary on the NHL, but a little. The NBA, he covers pro sports for the Associated Press. He's in Phoenix now. Miss you, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.